0: You're listening to KZOM, Oleander Public Radio. Welcome back to Radio Free Oleander, which this episode is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a bit like the last uh, Oleander book club where we didn't talk about Oleander so much, but we did talk about what's going on in the real world, which, uh, Dave, how are you doing?
1: I am exhausted Yeah. physically, mentally, emotionally, but at the same point, I am doing much better yeah. than I have, you know, any right to expect.
0: Sure. All right. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm up in Portland just, you know, lately just been like complaining about the smoke and trying to get the ha- smoke out of the house. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Dave, Dave actually was camping outside on a, on a hillside there with a bunch of goats trying to keep everyone, you know, being, being part of helping keep every, uh, every goat, everyone safe.
1: <laughs> yeah, so, so this is kind of our out of character yeah. um, episode. And, and, and one thing, you know, and, and I'm sure, D.B., you've noticed, but, you know, maybe people listening. You know, whenever I, I'm in character, you know, I never say David Heath. It's always Farmer Dave.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, because
1: yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to sort of keep these two personas separate. Sure. Uh, Farmer Dave is about two inches taller, uh, <laughs> twenty pounds lighter, and about ten years younger. Sure. Um, and but uh, he keeps, it, we keep intersecting. Okay. Uh, um. And but yeah. Um. One thing though, that uh, the different sort of the Farmer Dave and, and the David Heath, the real person, uh-huh. is and, you know I I came to this conclusion. When we were doing the Robert E. Howard Christmas special, yeah, that the the narrative for the story does not work if if Farmer Dave has a support network, uh huh. And now the story's changed a little bit. Now that that, that DB has moved into to to Oleander, <clears throat> and you know, and and Dave's still got it. You know, Pinky is veterinarian and best friend, uh huh. But you know. The big difference sort of between me and the character, or one of the big differences between me and the character of Farmer Dave, is I have this rather large support network that he does not. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, when we were doing the Christmas special, it came up, okay, you know, the Farmer Dave is, he, he can't have any family, so unlike me i have a you know a sister and brother-in-law you know i live with uh they actually own the the goat farm uh-huh. uh you know farmer dave is an only child yeah and, and he's an orphan so i i had to go to my i had to go to um you know right before christmas yeah mom i i kind of killed you off on the, the podcast <laughs> you know just because you know it says you know he had no family but um So, the big difference, like I said, one of the big differences character-wise between me and Farmer Dave is I I have this huge family that I live with. And so, on the property, not only my mom, my sister, my brother-in-law, my uh, niece and nephew, and then my aunt lives just a couple miles away. Okay. Um, And so... Um, we were affected by the Riverside fire. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, and, and another thing, you know, you know, Farmer Dave has no children. I actually have two daughters. You know, my daughters text me and said, hey, you know, there's this, so I'm hearing a lot about fires. Are you safe? And, and I said, so there was a Eagle Creek fire, yeah. which kind of worried me. It was a small fire, um, but it was close to another farm. In fact, so our friends had to evacuate their horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I was watching that one. And that fire was actually caused by a guy in an RV who was towing a Jeep. And apparently he didn't have tow chains or something or drag chains. I'm not sure what that is. And the Jeep caught on fire. Oh, gee. And then they pulled over into the heavy grass and uh-huh. they got the grass on fire. Oh, And, man. and so... But it didn't get that big. I don't know what it was. But it was was under 100 acres. It was like maybe 20 acres. Uh, And and so that's the one I'm watching. I'm saying, you know, so I'm watching this little fire out the front door and and this huge, the riverside, which is, you know, at least last I heard, 144,000 acres. Uh, And and, and I'm completely ignoring that because I'm worried about this little one because... It's technically a little closer, but I knew people that were physically there that had to evacuate. Okay. Um, so, we have this evacuation plan. The evacuation plan said, was basically all baby goats that go into my Subaru. That was my part mm-hmm, of the evacuation mm-hmm. plan. But, like so many other things, you know, it looked good on paper. It didn't really manifest... Into reality, uh-huh. and one of the things, and, and I and I get why because this really did. We also went practically, you know, from nothing to get ready to evacuate now, right away. Okay, but there was no, like later on in the fire, there was no like designated incident commander, a person who who has been there knows what's going on, and can relay information. And so we didn't know where to go. And so one of the places that came up that would take livestock was the the Canby Fairground. Okay. Um but that would have been go we would have to take this huge way around yeah. because the fire was in between us and there. Uh-huh. And so one of the places that came up, so I live in Esticade. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and a good portion of Oleander—it's based on a couple towns—a a town that you went to college, and, and Estacada, mm-hmm.
0: oh, or, or a, and, a town that—not uh, a, oh, a town that I went to college in, but a uh, a town that I went to a number of years ago that my friends taught at. <laughs> so. Oh, okay.
1: <laughs> so, 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 I, knew, so, it's sort of a combination. Yeah, of this. yeah. So, Estacada, the 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 nearest big town. Big town being 16,000 people. Mm -hmm. And and remember, I grew up in a a little town in California that had 149,000 people. But so the the big town of 16,000 is is Sandy, Oregon. Okay. And so Sandy, Oregon was designated, looked at everything on the county websites as an evacuation center. Okay. And and so my brother in law, who could be a very charming guy,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: he says, Well, I'll just, if we can evacuate there, I'll just unleash the goats, and I'll sweet-talk them. And we'll just let the goats, you know, eat on the baseball field or the football field. Well, it turns out that this information is like five years out of date. Okay. Sandy High School is not an evacuation zone in any way. So he goes to the school, and he talks to people on the phone, and he finally gets the facility person and he says, no, there's just no way that we can, you know, we we can't for legal, whatever. He says, no, I'm sorry, I feel for you, but you can't come on the school ground with your goats. So one of the people that my brother-in-law called was the secretary of the principal at Sandy High School. And and she says, okay, well, you know, you can't come to school Let me make some calls. And a little bit later, he gets this call. This guy said, hey, I understand you've got goats. You need to evacuate. I've got a horse trailer. I I can help you. Mm -hmm. And my brother-in-law says, well, you know, that's great. But we don't have any place to take them." And he says, okay, let me make some calls for you. And and remember, these are total strangers. Mm -hmm. And he calls back 15 minutes later and says, okay, i got a place that will take you and your goats. And what it was, it was basic. It's a 10-acre area uh, just off of I-26 and Sandy
0: mm-hmm.
1: that um, it, it, it's normally, uh, it's hayfield. But they just harvest all the hay. So it's just all cut down. You know, it's just a little bit of stubble grass. And, and it's total stranger stranger, he said, you know, we'll take us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy comes in. not only does he bring a truck and, and a horse trailer, but like his twenty-year-old daughter is falling in another truck in a wash Oh ride. wow! Yeah, and and again, these people don't know us, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so we load them up, and we can get between that and our trailer, we can get all but a few of the goats. Huh. And so we get there, and, and this 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 guy not only does he let us stay on our property, um, you know, they provide this flatbed truck with this. 500 gallon you know water bin it, so that we can get water to the, the goats oh wow uh, they, they provide a port Uh potty
0: uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. And, and yeah they just and, and you know completely out of the goodness of their their heart then they don't know who they've never met us we are now adopting them these people will forever <laughs> have never ever ever run out of goat cheese or goat milk soap.
0: Oh, that's good to know. That's that's really oh. good to know.
1: So, my mother-in-law, my brother law my sister, they take off and say, "Okay, we need to get the last of the goats," Leave me with my 16-year-old niece and my you know 11-year-old um, or 12-year-old nephew, mm-hmm. who are troopers, who are handling this much better than if I was 16 and my sister was 12. But so we're setting up the last of these electric fences for the bucks, which are, and okay probably the worst time available for this because the bucks are in heat. Okay. So we have to you know, that means that they're honre, they're they are honre they they want to fight, they wanna kinda prove their their manlyhood. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So we get them in the, this fence, but we don't have power to it. So eventually they push this fence down. <laughs> well my, my sister and my brother in law are gone. And they immediately head off towards our host's garden. Oh, no, and, and I'm freaking out, so you know how you detour a goat? No same way you do a cat, you know with a you have a cat, you have a spray bottle, uh-huh, so I ended up using their their hose. It had this trigger nozzle, uh-huh. and so the goats are trying to come up and eat this huge old plant, and and I'm, like, shooting them with, the like, a, a, a quick drop with a, a, a spray hose. <laughs> and so eventually they decide, well, wait, you know, uh, there, there's grass over here, and we don't want to get wet. So, so eventually, between the three of us, we get them all back in their fence. Oh, nice. Um, so... Um, the one of so the next day, um, and this was kind of this was was misinformation, but because the fire never got into Estacada, mm-hmm. it never it got about almost almost exactly a mile from our house. Sure, but so there's a farm called Sisters Moon. All right. which is almost not exactly on the corner of the road that we live on mm-hmm. and the road that my my um uh, my aunt lives on and so my my brother-in-law is in this text chain with their niece all right uh, and so we don't know them well we all know the we all know the farm because it's got this huge sign everybody sees it and, and their niece basically texts and say, you know, uh, our, their, their house burned down. We didn't realize they didn't live on the farm. Hmm. So they actually lived, uh, you know, a mile or two out from town on the other side of the river. So when we heard that, the information got to us that, that Sister Moon, the farm, burned down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the only way that the fire could have gotten to it was basically if it had gone through either our house or my aunt's house or both. Okay. And so that was the point where I, I really sort of hit rock bottom. and says, well, wait a minute. This, I mean, it was always real, but that's when I thought, okay, I always figured we were going to beat this, we we're going to get back, mm-hmm. you know, it, just make it through this. And that's when I figured, you know, just it, it hit me that you know, there was nothing to go home to. Yeah. Fortunately for us, that's not true. You know, my sister and brother-in-law's. You know, they've surveyed the property, um, and it, it it's there. It's it's safe. Okay. Well, that's
0: that's that's good that you guys are fortunate to not have to deal with fire damage.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so, another thing is, and this is, um, so the, this fire, the Riverside, it was almost. Undoubtedly caused by a lightning strike. Okay. That's very doubtful. I mean, they've still got to do an investigation, but almost surely, you know, that time we had this quick rain and lightning and the rain disappeared. So I'll almost guarantee that it was a lightning strike. Okay. Um, but, so the rumor starts going around. Uh-huh. That it was set, I don't know if you heard that 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 Antifa said Oh
0: it. yeah yeah I read about that that was like something that like the New York Times was reporting that like people were stopping cars with rifles and yeah no so, so,
1: just, so i got a couple stories about that uh,
0: it's so confusing
1: so 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 as near as we can tell that I mean besides the general politics and paranoia that exists now
0: uh-huh.
1: that whole area behind us is Bureau of Land Management property Yeah So people listening on the radio They started hearing Yeah BLM is here BLM is going up this road They think it's Black Lives Matter <laughs> When they're talking about Bureau of Land Management Yeah And and, and apparently That's where these Antifa stories come from Oh jeez now that's almost crazy enough. That it has to be real. I mean, who makes up a story like that? That is so
0: crazy. Oh man, that is so weird. I don't. I don't get people.
1: So, <laughs> so, um, so, so yes, and, and for those of, I don't know if we. I mean, we posted a couple things about it about the the Oleander Police Department. Uh, you know, which is, I, I described as a uh, citizens' watch uh-huh. with. Um, with, with samurai swords and uh, AR-15s? Yeah. So, in a lot of ways, that is based on the to Citizen Watch. Okay. And so, several of them took post. And so, when my sister and brother-in-law went in,
0: uh-huh.
1: uh, there was three checkpoints. I mean, they they, they waved my sister and brother-in-law in. <sighs> Apparently, they looked enough like farmers that they, oh, they, they didn't get stopped. But there were a lot of. They were also posting a lot of pictures, uh-huh. and, and in these pictures, almost every one of them had their finger on the trigger, and their muzzle was pointing at a, another person. Oh, gee. You know, my sister said I was more afraid of getting shot yeah. on accident than I ever was at the fire. Uh. I mean, I mean, they're hearts in the right place, I suppose, but, but yeah, if you're if you're gonna if you're going to take it upon yourself to protect the town, yeah, probably ought to know how to use your gun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. I'm <laughs> I'm you sorry. Did. I had firearms training as, like, uh, safety training as a child. <laughs>
1: it's like... Yeah. So, so, stuff makes you change so bad. I didn't see so that, but my, my sister, and my, my sister, you know, is, she's, she, you know, she has gone to quite a few safety courses and stuff. So, sure, sure. So... Yeah, she, uh, I tend to believe what she said. Yeah, yeah. But the, the good news is I got today that the town is gone from basically red alert level three to yellow level two, which means get ready to evacuate again, but you can legally enter. And Now, it is apparently full of ash, and uh, I'm working the next couple of days so Uh, I'm probably going to stay at least a while with my my friend because uh, who's taking him. Uh, Oh, and so eventually what the people on the land, they were able to clear out uh, a horse barn for us. Okay. And so once we've got the goats in the horse barn, barn, Uh they don't have to be watched 24-7. Sure. It's when they were afraid of breaking loose. I mean, they've got these very secure you know, um, uh, basically pins and areas. So, so they're not going to break loose. All so right. my sister and my brother-in-law, they only have to watch them, like, and, you know, milk them, feed them, watch them like two, three, four times a day. And once we got to that position, I was able to, to, like I said, I had a friend who offered, the, they, you know, they brought us breakfast on Sunday, but uh, they offered me to, to, to let me stay here so I could work for um, uh, i'm 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 telecommuting anyways um and so i am again i'm really grateful for for them uh but once it got to the position where the goats and and I've been telling everybody on the internet that they're sixty eight mm-hmm. my niece, who apparently is better at math than I am uh-huh. uh, is saying it's seventy six and one of the reasons why is when my sister and brother-in-law went back for our last goats uh-huh. They got a message that one of the people that owns goats, and ours are Nubians, but these are our many Alpines. Okay. Um, um, they were camp- camping, and their mother had to evacuate their grandmother who had Alzheimer's. Okay. So it was an emergency evacuation. Uh, they had a total of like six people and you know, half a dozen dogs and cats. Huh. They could not evacuate the goats. Yeah. So my sister and brother-in-law evacuated them for them. Oh, wow. So we picked up four extra little goats, um, and that's the closest that any of us got to the flames. Wow! Uh, my sister says, my sister says that um, she could feel she could feel the heat on her back. That's
0: crazy. She said crazy. That she
1: couldn't see the flames, but she could feel them.
0: Yeah. <sighs> Weird. That's that's that stuff's scary. <laughs> yeah,
1: and and, and and you know, and, and this may be the new normal. Yeah, you know, you know, my brother-in-law saying, you know, one of the things that's hopefully coming out of this is we're going to work more with the other farms and yeah. have a more planned evacuation for all of the people you know have livestock in that area.
0: Interesting.
1: So, so, so one last story. Yeah. So our host, and like I said, wonderful people, because they didn't know us, they just took us in because sure. they're good people. They, well, where do you live in Estacada? And my first thought was, well, you know where Lynx Hill is, and then I realized, wait a minute, Lynx Hill isn't in Estacada; it's in Oleander. I'm <laughs> giving them wrong directions. I'm giving them <laughs> I'm giving them directions for for a city that doesn't exist. <laughs>
0: oh wow (laughs) yeah no and oh man I was like when when, uh the other day when we were recording it was like there was just like I I think just up on Mount Hood is where things were and it, it hadn't really gotten that far and I hadn't thought about the fact that we have a podcast that's Existing in a place that could possibly be part of a natural disaster.
1: <laughs> exactly, you know, and that's that's one of the things that I am, and especially I think you, we kind of to make oleander steam real. You know, we we picked Clackamas County, yeah, yeah, and, and it just so happened that every part of Clackamas County came under some type of evacuation.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and I told you one last story, but the one thing that I so a lot of it the, the, the and, and the county and the firefighters, you know, bless them all. They are incredible people. They are real superheroes. Mm-hmm. But it, they had to make some decisions, and they I think were caught off guard by the scope of this fire. Yeah, and so areas like I was living in you know, went from you know, nothing to level two alert, skipping level one. And yeah. it, 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 they weren't expecting something like this. And, yeah. I, and I get this. But they didn't want to get caught off guard again. Mm-hmm. So they started moving the alert, including the areas that we were. Uh-huh. And so we were down to one trailer. And we were basically going, as we were watching, they started putting in an alert for And so we would have to evacuate to either the Washington County Fairgrounds uh-huh. or, or Canby. And Canby got moved because you can't have an evacuation center in a level two alert area.
0: So people who are listening who don't live in Oregon, what are the distances between these places?
1: So about an hour drive
0: okay, okay. all right and that's that's, and that's that's when there's not smoke everywhere and roads aren't closed and you aren't being detoured cuz and everyone isn't trying to evacuate and so okay
1: exactly and so the roads the roads and sandy were clogged okay it it took my so so it took my sister and brother-in-law an hour to go to the Fred Myers that was like two miles down the road and get back All right. because the roads were just clogged. So uh, the plan was, okay, if we're got to leave, we will have to do it at night and we're going to have to make four trips because we don't have those other trailers yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, and they're, uh, they're, I must, they're, they're taking care of their own horses now and, you know, rightfully so. So we were going to have to basically make four trips, and we were planning it basically the entire night moving goats. Uh Um, But it never got that far, and so um, our our host went and they talked to several people in the fire department, uh, and they talked to some of the police, and they got – basically they said, you know, I think you're going to be safe here. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and basic basically they, they said said, you know, we know this area. If you see us go, go. And, and so it was a little bit of a risk, but I think it was the right decision in hindsight that we didn't try to do a second evacuation. Yeah. But we came close to doing that twice.
0: Oh wow.
1: And, and like I said, in end in, in, just the logistics, the, the dangers on the road, the the, the fun and so my during this time, my aunt also owns a condo in Sandy, mm-hmm. and so my mom evacuates with her to this little one-person condo mm-hmm. uh, with, you know, uh, six cats and two dogs. And, and so they take off when Sandy goes ilo- to level yellow, mm-hmm. uh, which is that second, and because we think we're going to be going to the Washington Fairgrounds. They go to Washington uh, County mm-hmm. um, Fairgrounds. There's no, There are no hotels. There is no place that they can stay. Sure. So they end up coming back. Um, now, I'm sure that there would have been room for us or them on the fairgrounds. But, you know, it, with hindsight... We made the right call not to evacuate the second time,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: but it, there was a little worry. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So how was your week? <laughs> how was your week, <laughs> listeners?
0: Yeah. Hey, everyone. And, and you, know, you
1: know what the, the you know what the terrible thing is? What's that? We're no longer the worst environmental disaster in the news right now.
0: No We're on the
1: Gulf Coast and has got hit by a hurricane.
0: Yeah, no, I I mean, 2020
1: has just been unbelievable.
0: Yeah, no, I saw the uh, news the other day about, like, just kind of like uh, global weather, like what's going on off the Gulf Coast and what's going on in just, just the water. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty intimidating looking. (laughs) Um, You
1: know, I, I'm back, like I said, I'm at my friend Jamie and his wife's house and I work and, you know. So somebody had not sent us an invoice so we could pay him for work, you know, for like three weeks. And I called him up and I didn't even look where And it was in Alabama. And I said, Hey, we want to give you your money. He says, well, well, you know, we'll deal with this tomorrow when the hurricane's gone. And I go, Oh yeah. I didn't look where you guys were. Okay. <laughs> but, we're, but we're still trying to give you your money. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. And no. Yeah.
1: It's just, that's, I've never had anything like this in my life.
0: Yeah. Not, not at this level. Yeah, no, no, the closest thing I can come to this is, um, like, Mount St. Uh, Mount Saint Helens erupting when I was, like, five? Sure. <laughs> sure. And that was just, like, dust and clouds for weeks on, or, you know, for weeks on end, and I'm, yeah. like, just thinking about, like, how awful that was, and it's just like you couldn't see anything anywhere forever, and you couldn't drive for such a long time, and, uh... Yeah, no, and we all had to wear gas, uh, not gas masks, but, like, little uh, cotton masks. And, and I was like, you yeah. know, this this really reminds me of <laughs> when I was a kid when the mountain blew up. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what everyone, like, I remember everyone in Portland was like, yeah, when the mountain, or you know, the mountain blew up. Mount St. Helens just blew up. And there was this cloud that well, well, you could see for, like, yeah, anyway, but sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah, you, you know, no, 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 uh-huh. absolutely. The people, I, I mean, I was in California when it happened, but sure. that's what I heard. Although watching this this cloud and, and, and just this this low line this ash coming in you know what it reminded me of hmm. it, is that scene in war of the Worlds in the book when the Martians released the black gas on London
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: Th- that's what it felt like
0: <sighs> crazy
1: yeah, yeah. so but like I said we did not lose a goat yeah and uh, everybody's everybody made it out And knock on wood, our our house is there.
0: Good, good, good. That's that's so glad to I'm so glad to hear that. (laughs) It's really really good to hear that. But yeah, um, so we're scheduled. uh, I have a part that I recorded the other day with uh, a botanist and friend, Heather Anderson, which we're going to listen to now. And then after that, in a little bit, we are going. Dave and I are going to talk about. Um, plants in Dungeons and Dragons. How to use plants in Dungeons and Dragons, and ideas for that. Which we didn't really rehearse that. We haven't really talked about this, so we're just gonna do it kind of off the cuff. But you know, kind of like we always do. So. <laughs> yeah, I <can> say, that's about <laughs> normal. So yeah, we'll after uh, after that, and after the break, we will talk to you about that. So we'll see you in a minute. Another episode of Another episode of DB talks to an expert. I am talking with botanist. I I, I don't know what. How, how do you describe your uh, uh Heather? I'm
2: a innocent. Renaissance woman.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. You have such a wide, varied background and so many fingers and so many pies, kind of. I don't know, fire uh, a <laughs> and fires. I don't I, I
2: don't know which analogy to use or metaphor which you know, they're, they're all good. Um yeah, I am a, a botanist and author, um culinary historian. Um yeah, name it. I probably have rabbit holes on it at least once, Um pet <laughs> yes, I am. I am husbanding animals quite a few. <laughs>
0: i needed to talk to you about carnivorous plants and everything that i can find out about them uh, where they're from where you can find them and uh how to make them flourish and if they get out of control how to get rid of them
2: well i um where to begin so yeah carnivorous plants exist in the wild in nature um in many parts of the world, temperate and tropical, the I would say the one like hard and fast rule about where they grow is in areas that are um, moist. And I know that's okay. fa- a foul word, but um, with uh, high soil saturation. Sure. Or in tropical areas where they will receive some kind of rainfall every single day. So like the uh, tropical pitcher plants, those ones that are more epithetic. Um, and then the other universal truth about carnivorous plants is that they grow in areas uh, with soils that are nutrient poor. Okay. And so that's why they evolved the ability to absorb nutrients through their their modified leaves. These leaves that they evolved to be like traps um, to collect insects. And so they can collect these little insects and then digest them either with little enzymes, um, that are on the sticky dew trap as in sundews or in the liquid that's inside of a pitcher type trap. Um, and, uh, even Venus fly traps, when they close their little traps, they are secreting these digestive enzymes that helps break down, um, and collect the nitrogen. Oh,
0: wow. That's, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what, but, okay, so you said pitcher plants, Venus fly traps. is there,
2: um... And... Yeah, there are sundews, there's another group called the uh, butterworts, which are really pretty. They are kind of uh, sticky trap-like sundews, but their sticky parts are, like, more... Look like, almost like rubber. They're really soft-looking. And then there's these really cool ones that only live in ponds and lakes called um, bladderworts. And they actually have this, like, little trap door that, like, sucks insects in um, they're pretty cool.
0: That sounds like something out of Skyrim.
2: Like, yeah,
0: you get, totally. like, get a bunch of bladder warts and trade it for, an uh, animal hide or something.
2: Oh, yeah, totally.
0: <laughs> or claws or something. <laughs> yeah, no, um, so if I wanted to have, like, any of these, uh, it, w- would, would it be possible to have these as, like, I don't know, uh, Plants in your
2: house or pets or whatnot. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, some of the pitcher plants and cobra lilies, which are my favorite, because those are native to the Oregon, um, southern Oregon, and the Oregon coast. Those and um, a lot of pitcher plants and Venus flytraps are um, native to areas that are more temperate. So the Venus flytrap, which looks like the most exotic jungle live-in plant, it's actually just from like North Carolina. That's where it's native. Um, You're kidding. No. So, I mean, a lot of these can handle... I keep my pitcher plants outdoors all year round, and they, you know, sort of go dormant in the winter, and then in the spring they come back, and they bloom in the summer, and right now they're putting out all these beautiful new traps. Um, And, yeah, they just are flourishing. Um, I keep my sundews indoors mostly um, because I grow those to trap like fungus gnats and fruit flies and like smaller pesky insects that live in the house. Um, So yeah, those ones I keep indoors. I have this like big bowl um, filled with water. It's got a little bit of gravel on the bottom. And then I just set each of these little potted carnivorous plants in the big bowl so that they are always staying moist. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah, and they do pretty well. I've got a couple of tropical pitchers too. um, And they, they all just need to stay really really moist saturated um so yeah there's a really whatever your growing conditions are there's probably a carnivorous plant that you can grow um sometimes if you live like in a windowless basement you would need to have some windows or some uh, lights put on but otherwise they're pretty easy to take care of you don't have to fertilize them you just have to keep them watered um and you know usually when you buy them they're already in the right growing medium which is just sand and peat moss. So they don't even okay. need anything really fancy there. Just, yeah. In fact, right now I'm looking at, I have these little um, sticky sundews in this tiny little glass terrarium with ferns and moss in it. And, yeah, I just kind of water it once a month really well and keep the lid on it and it stays really just healthy and happy. Cool. Well, that's that's pretty cool. Um, something I do know about you is you are...
0: I don't know. I I, I would say a uh, video game. Uh, someone who plays video. I don't want to say gamer. I hate. I, I it's don't like. gamer. It. just Pretty gross. Use Pretty that gross. term, yeah. gamer. Yeah. <laughs> but like myself, you like to play video games yeah. as well as a billion other things to do. Do you have any favorite carnivorous plants from video games?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, I have to say the uh, the Deku Baba from Legend of Zelda: Ocarina uh-huh. of Time, and you know, and Beyond is. Definitely top three. Piranha Plant, number two. Sure. I'd say. Um, yeah, I think that pretty much every uh, carnivorous or predatory plant in Legend of Zelda's uh, series is really... That franchise has done a really nice job of making plants scary. Um, I didn't play any, like, Plants versus Zombies. Um, gosh, my, yeah, I don't think there are any evil plants in stardew valley yeah i know those are i guess those are my top two the piranha plant and the deku baba cool cool what about you yes
0: I, I was trying to think of anything other than piranha plant uh-huh. <laughs> i've never played enough legend of zelda unfortunately and i was like what other games do i play that there's like deadly plants and i'm like eh, more like tree people in that but, you know, i
2: think so. <laughs> the papas are pretty clearly influenced by the piranha plants. I mean, they, they're okay. both like that kind of feed me, see more, like, sure, you sure. know, chompy head on a stem um, um. and with teeth. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe in Japan they might not have as many options for, like, carnivorous plant inspiration. <laughs> I sure, I don't know. <laughs> All right, well, that was uh, Heather
0: Anderson, everyone, and thank you, Heather, for coming on the show and talking about carnivorous plants. That was really cool to find out that stuff. Sure, yeah, anytime. Yeah, and uh, did you have anything, uh, uh, what What books do you have out there? You mentioned that you're an author. What
2: books do you currently have? Oh, um, my books are about culinary history, but, I mean, they're sure, also sure. kind of about plants. Um, my My yeah? books are Breakfast, A History... Um, The the second one is Portland, a Food Biography, which is a culinary history of Portland, Oregon. Um, And the third book is Chili's, a Global History. It's a nice little short uh, single subject book about um, the global spread of chili peppers. And the fourth book is Barry's A Global History, which is part of the same series, the edible series that Reaction Books publishes. Um, And so it's another little single subject book. And um, I think your readers would be interested to know that each of my books has a dick joke hidden therein. So, yeah, I got to collect them all. (laughs) <laughs> okay
0: thank you so much other and uh maybe we'll have you on sometime for something else i don't know maybe dick jokes sounds <laughs> but... <laughs> great
2: yeah <laughs> arm wrestling or dick jokes yeah why not both all right. dog gif <laughs> all right all right see ya
0: and then a bit hey everyone welcome back uh, I hope you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed that uh, part on carnivorous plants. And yeah, no, no. I, I keep thinking about it in video games, and I can really just think of Piranha Plants myself, honestly. But I don't. Yeah, I do. so,
1: so I'm not. I'm not a big video game sure. But uh, I know uh, Plant versus Zombies.
0: Plant versus Zombies. Yeah, that's something that we mentioned that neither of us uh, really knew about, and didn't know if there was carnivorous plants in that. But we knew that there was plants.
1: I think there's zombies. There's actually plant versus zombie uh, comic books.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I, I just knew it was a mobile game. I didn't know if there was anything else to it.
1: Yeah, so, so it's a, it, it a game, and then um, then it uh, branched out to uh, comic books. Ah, uh-huh. uh-huh. gotcha. And, 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 and there's the the guy that's saying that the plants are going to save us from the zombies or something is Crazy Dave. <laughs> and and, and he, he has this beard and he has these overalls, but instead of wearing a farmer hat, he has like a tin pot, uh, uh, a tin, tin pot on his head.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. All right. That,
1: that's what I know. That's what I know about <laughs> video games and plants. Okay. So a little bit more on role-playing games yeah. and plants.
0: Okay, so let's talk about. I don't know uh, plants and uh, role-playing games. Like uh, the one that pops into my ma- brain right away is uh, Memory Moss. Memory Moss from like I think first edition Dungeons and Dragons, and
1: and, uh, and and I'm I'm drawing a blank on that one. I have to admit.
0: Yeah, same here, same here because it's Memory Moss. I think
1: it's Gamma World. Yeah. Gamma World and uh, uh, Goodwin Games did it basically a version of that uh mutant crawl classics where that's one of the, the choices you could be a plant mutant.
0: oh wow okay Mem- was,
1: you know you could be a, a, a oh, memory mosque
0: yeah yeah memory oh i'm trying to get past all of the pop-ups that just came for this dumb thing
1: yeah,
0: uh, so, yeah
1: so with uh Gamma World, you, you could be a, a pure strain, a normal human being, uh-huh. a human mutant, an animal mutant, or a, a plant mutant. And, and I, I mean, I don't remember writing a couple plant mutant uh, NPCs, but I don't remember anyone ever playing a, a plant mutant.
0: Huh. Yeah, no, no, no. That, 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 that totally sounds like Gamma World. Uh, Memory moss appears to be a 5-foot square patch of black moss that grows in temperate or warm climates and sometimes encountered in suburban realms. Memory moss cannot abide the cold or the arid climate of the desert and is never encountered in such environments. When a living creature comes within 60 feet of a path of memory moss, the moss uh, attacks by attempting to steal that creature's memories. It can target a single creature each round. The targeted creature must succeed a DC 14 Wisdom save throw, or lose all memory from the last 24 hours. This is particularly nasty for to spellcasters who lose all prepared spells within the last 24 hours. Yeah. So that's memory moss. That was the one. I was like, "Uh, memory moss. It's the. It doesn't like eat you, but it like zaps your brain. I was like, does it? Does it eat your wisdom? Yeah. I was like trying to remember if it like. I didn't want to say, oh yeah, it totally takes your wisdom and intelligence, but. That'd be a nasty plant, too. And,
1: and I can't remember if it was D&D or another game, but there were these monkeys that was controlled by a plant growing inside the body.
0: Oh, yeah. And,
1: and, and I'm not sure if that was D&D or, or what that was, but that's definitely a a, a thing, and that's if you want to add a, a, a component, yeah. But, you know, even, even if you want we borrow Lovecraft, you know, the fungi from you We we think of it as, you know, kind of a, a winged up or thing. But that's, they call it, you know, the fungi because it had plant characteristics.
0: hmm yeah. So,
1: you know, you... Um, now, and, again, I am... Sort of boring uh, b- borrowing because you now I tend to run horror-based games. Sure. But you know one of the most horrific things I've ever seen. Uh, did you see the movie Annihilation? Uh,
0: I don't believe so.
1: So so, uh, it's based on the Southern Reach books, uh, and it had uh, 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 the Princess of Nambu, mm-hmm. Natalie Portman.
0: Okay. It?
1: And so this. This team goes out, basically, this whole area of the South becomes this different dimension and becomes this Lovecraftian dimension. Sure. And the, so um, everything goes right. Well, there's, so there's this mutant bear that attacks and kills, uh, spoilers. Mm-hmm. But they find all these plants and in, in human form, a sort of shape, like they, it's kind of like topiary. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they're saying, look at the plants, they are mutating to become human-like. Hmm. And, and spoilers, no. It's the humans, they're finding it's the remains of the humans who are turning plant-like. Whoa. And, and so that was that was one, of, and, and, and to be honest, the movie is kind of hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ending was kind of, uh, but that was one of the few times I honestly felt Dread
0: hmm.
1: in, in a movie theater, yeah. and if you want to, if your if your goal is to turn, you know, to cause your players to feel dread, yeah, you know, slowly changing from mammalian to plant, mm-hmm. you know, to give you like were creatures, but instead of a werewolf or wererat, it's plants.
0: Yeah. Huh. Huh. That's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, no, no. A plant that doesn't eat you, but eats eats your psyche, or not not your psyche, but your your uh, your, your. Oh man, <laughs> I don't even know how to. Describe yeah,
1: or or makes you one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely, definitely. Uh, eats your humanity. That's what I was trying to trying to get out there.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow. And
1: and, and you know who I would think would make this perfect for a role-playing game. Who's that? Medieval Poison Ivy.
0: Medieval Poison Ivy. Hmm.
1: Yeah, take Poison Ivy, but put her in a fantasy setting. Sure. And so Poison Ivy is based on, and I, I, there's still a little bit of debate, but Poison Ivy is based, the character is based on a Hawthorne short story called Rappatini's Daughter. Mm Mm-hmm which is the first mad scientist story ever.
0: I didn't realize Saint that. It's
1: Hawthorne murder. Interesting. Yeah, uh, well, that, that's what my 11th grade teacher said, and I haven't found a real, I mean, I guess you could argue maybe Prospero and The Tempest, but so in this story, um, this guy basically creates his daughter out of plants. Okay. But she's poisonous. Huh. And you know, she falls in love with this guy, so he's going to try to make him immune to the poison, but he has to turn this guy into poison. So, you know, you could do a sort of a rapid TV's daughter, but instead of a scientist, a wizard.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, and
1: he creates this, he creates this, you know, this plant creature that looks like a beautiful human being. Or, you know, even a, or you could put like a, 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 a dryad. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A, you know, a dryad that's mad or uh, a uh, you know a druid that is mad at you know the logging that's happening in the kingdom sure or you know the the, the campfires are, are burning the so um, you know you can make a, a, a dryad or, or a druid and one of the Druid subclasses in 5e um, and I've forgotten the name and we'll get all this hate mail because I forgot the name yeah. Um, it, it is, I think it's the order of the, the circle of the spores or circle of the fungus, so that it, there is a fungus druid that, you know, you could make, you know, a, dra- a, a drow, you know, druid who's going to get revenge on all of, you know, the, the, the surface dwellers for the way that they're treating nature for, you know, building dams and things.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I, I was thinking about a uh, carnivorous plant that functions kind of like a pit trap. And I was thinking about the stuff that Heather was talking about, how like one thing that carnivorous plants generally need is like, I don't know, a lot of water or you know, a fair amount of water, but um, terrible soil so i was thinking what if you had like some sort of magic zone where it doesn't have a lot of the nutrients that a plant needs but is going to cause plants to maybe mutate into ways that you wouldn't expect and i was thinking a carnivorous plant that functioned kind of like a pit trap kind of like uh, spikes down at the bottom like uh naturally occurring like dungeon pit trap. But just kind of like a carnivorous plant, then this kind of eats all of, you know, just kind of absorbs all of the, uh, um, I don't know, a- animal bits that drip into its enzymatic, yeah. uh, enzymatic pool that, like, corrodes flesh at, like, I don't know, 1d6 uh, hit points per round or whatever. <laughs> Enough that you don't want to be a squirrel to fall into it, and, you know, for sure, but also enough that if uh, your dwarf falls so in there or a halfling yeah yeah your <laughs> if a halfling or dwarf falls in there they're gonna they're gonna be a little bit worried maybe it's like a 12 foot deep pit or you know maybe it's it's a uh, it's a super leg breaker there maybe it's a you know super magical 20 foot deep carnivorous plant you know um, for uh, high level characters
1: yeah. I don't know. And, and there's also, you know, I think the classic, and I, I don't remember, there were strangle vines, I don't remember what they were called, but uh-huh. where there was the vines would come up and grab and just wrap around, you know, the wrist and capture, you know, players. Sure. And then yeah. if it's working with something like, a, like a, a mad druid or even, you know, kobolds or something, uh-huh. you know, kobolds aren't much of a threat, but if you're tied up. Sure, yeah. Then they become much, much more dangerous.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Oh, now I'm thinking about what if Cobalt's uh, just like faked carnivorous plants. What if Cobalt's just got a bunch of uh, plant matter together and just like made people think yeah. that there was carnivorous plants, but it was just Cobalt's, who yeah. really good oh, disguise. Oh, oh, oh that's great.
1: It's a tra- it's a
0: trap disguised a carnivorous plant. Yeah. 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 Or or maybe. Or what uh, if? magical illusion to make you think that it's some sort of beautiful plant but oh it's a it's yeah. a magical trap or, or what
1: about an evil or insane Trent
0: uh what's that
1: uh, an evil or insane uh, Trent
0: oh 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 okay yeah 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 I was I was like oh yeah the Treant is like how my uh, D&D group yeah, pronounced tre- it in like high school so yeah, it's like
2: yeah like, I don't know which way, right,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, no. That 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 would be crazy too. That's I don't know. I I would not. Cause, cause
1: you, you, you think uh, you think of them as, as good guys, mm-hmm. but what if there's a, a tree vert, uh, you know, a tree ant or a trent version of a vampire?
0: Ooh. Ooh. Or or you
1: what? Know, uh, uh, you, you can't kill it with a stake. You got to find something else that kills it.
0: Or, or a, a necromancer uh, treant that has, like, wood rot, or Dutch elm disease, or uh, I, I don't think it would be called Dutch elm disease in uh, uh, <laughs> d but I can't think of any kingdoms off the top of my
1: head. Uh, run elm disease?
0: Yeah, yeah, I was trying to think of, like, the uh, the... Uh, uh super militaristic jerks in like uh, dragon lands but <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> it's been forever since I've read any of that stuff all right so uh, that's uh plants not necessarily carnivorous but uh, some ways to use some plants in your d d uh, some cool adventure hooks there maybe even so. Thanks everyone for listening to D and D on D and D, and here's that wonderful theme music. Dave, thank you again so much.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah,
0: and all right, back to the show. Hey everyone, it's it's us. We're back, and. Yeah, no, thank you for listening to us. It hasn't been much Oleander in this episode, but it has been a lot of Oregon. So, Yeah, Yeah, so everyone out there, we hope that you are safe and keeping clean and wherever you're at and whatever's going on, that, you know, you're doing well and the best you can. Yeah. And,
1: yeah, especially if you're in the southern states, you know, our heart go out for you guys you definitely. know with the, the
0: hurricane there yeah yeah definitely definitely so again uh stay safe stay clean don't be a jerk help those people you know dave dave got help those those people weren't jerks they're they're being awesome and
1: yeah
0: you know if if we all treated each other like that i think everything would be a lot lot nicer out there but all right enough of us we're we're, we're just just people who uh live in a smoke-covered state that's on fire. Uh, One of the few currently. So, you know, in case you're confused, Oregon. So so
1: next week, I'm sure there's going to be more quirky, strange people from Oleander that you can listen to.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. And less less of us talking about the real world and more of us talking about Oleander, hopefully. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks again, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye. This episode is finished. Rate, review, subscribe to
2: your pod pictures. Our plants. though so we've had to keep everything really sealed up, but I used to smoke a pack and a half a day. So I'm like, yeah. part of me is like, this is just kind of like being in the 90s again. <laughs> that's not yeah, like...
0: That's that's what it reminds me of, is like the back of the throat thing. I'm like, oh God, this is like smoking unfiltered, like POMAS and shit. This yeah,
2: is... <laughs> that's like, it just reminds me of that, I've Got like the kind of the cool voice happening a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Everyone has that 90s vocal fry back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the real vocal
0: fry. <laughs> sync up
2: the audio so All right. uh one, one two, two three clap